You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Uh, thank you for listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and I have three really special guests with me today. And uh, well, I'm hoping are not really going to be guests in the future. They're going to be regular voices and um, and folks that you hear from. They're three members of the team here at Francis Roy. So I'm going to start my left to right. Uh, Hillary Derso, content director. Hello. And our art director, Janae Erickson. Hi. And copywriter and emerging account lead, uh, Gregory Dedeke. Hello. So we are all together today to have just like an open and, and candid conversation about our fifth core value. So if you've been listening along, you have listened to us bring on guests and, and unpack and discuss a few of our core values already. Family first, give generously, take chances, uh, was one. Um, I don't know. You guys might have to help me. Family first. Family first. Yeah. And I think because we have one left. We have one left. So mm-hmm. today we're doing uh, do more with less. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit more about do more with less, with less from the perspective of why these core values were instilled the way they did. They they have been instilled here at Francis Roy. And really, so a lot of our core values were like guiding principles that we pulled from Francis, my grandmother, and Roy, my grandfather, and how they kind of raised us as kids. Kids. And my brother, my sister, and I, um, Francis and, and Roy, are my dad's parents, and my aunt Vicky. And all of us were raised with these kind of like core principles. And really, it was just like our family is the most important thing, obviously. Um, but in terms of do more with less, my grandparents, well, first of all, I will say this they do this better than anybody in our family, this do more with less. If you have ever been to my grandma, my grandparents' house, they, I think they're very humble people. They're very frugal people, but they do so much. Uh, they do so much with their lives and they have very full lives and they, they teach us so many things and, and usually they do things themselves. So they're not the kind of person that's going to like outsource a chore, if you will, or outsource a job. My grandmother always made everything from scratch and she always made very small amounts of ingredients into like huge like Thanksgiving spreads and and her her mom did that. And so we really grew up with this mentality, I think everyone in our family, that we can do anything. And it and with whatever that we have at our disposal. Now, the way that that was taught to us and the way that it has a practical application here at the agency are two different things. And so that's really what we're going to talk about today. What is uh, what this guiding principle and this core value do more with less actually looks like as a practice here at Francis Roy. And so I'm excited to have the team here. We all have lots of coffee um, and you're probably going to hear some things. So like our AC might come on. <laughs> Our fluorescent light disco ball might <laughs> come on. Some other things. Um, but just stick with us and hang with us. And and um, we're really excited about uh, this conversation in general. Now, there is a blog on our website. So if you go to FrancisRoy.com, um, under thoughts, uh, under this beautiful website that Janae did for us, that, you know, we have a blog that's called Productivity Hacks. And I think the 
for the practical application of the way this looks like, this core value looks like here in the agency is like, we are really able to do a lot of work here. What do you guys think? A lot of work. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We have anywhere between, I would say, 20 to 30 clients, you know, that we're juggling things for, depending on what's going on from an active perspective at one time. And there's like the core four of, I mean, we flux, we flux anywhere from like four to eight people in the office, depending on what's going on. And then we have remote members of our team as well. So that we're interfacing with them, but one client can have 20 projects in a week. And we are all really kind of working together to crank out that work. And we're not necessarily like saying that do more with less money or do more with less budget necessarily from us, but we have the same 24 hours that everyone else does. What do you think, just in, just in terms of how we're able to produce more with less for you as an individual, how are we able to accomplish that? How do you accomplish that, I think, when you have a business and there's just so much demand? Lots of coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a valid. A whole lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no shortage on caffeine here. No. We have a really good coffee maker. Janae switched out our coffee maker at one point. She did. I think we were out of town and she was like in the night. Like nobody nobody was here. And I was like, I'm doing this. And then I thought maybe I should ask Chantel. No. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was a really great coffee maker. So coffee definitely. So we want to stay fueled, I guess, is the translation there. And fuel. Yeah. So we have um, outside supplemental fuel. Um, I would say that. I think we do a good job practicing taking care of ourselves, even from a personal standpoint, Mm -hmm. which then turns around and allows us to be 110% for all of our client work. Right. So burnout is kind of a hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. We talk about it a lot. And I think it's checking in with each other too. Like you can tell if the person next to you is like had a really bad day. Yeah. We know, because even if one person here in the agency has a bad day, it's like we all feel it. We all absorb uh, absorb it. And a bad day doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but it can be like really a demanding day. <laughs> and I've seen all of all of us do. I've seen you guys do it as well, where you're just like, "Are you all right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, what can I help with? To me, that's too. Qu- that's family first, and that's do more with less, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> burnout. I experience burnout all the time. You guys experience burnout. Mm. What is burnout? What is that? For me, it's like a lack of creativity. Like I just mm. can't think of anything. So I need a break. Uh, oftentimes it's a break from the computer that will inspire me. Of mm. uh, getting back to like hand drawing or playing with my kids. Because, mm. you know, they're so imaginative. But... Just stepping away from the computer and seeing what everybody else is doing and just getting in my own space. Yeah, that's mm. a really good one. Yeah. It create keeping creativity fueled, not necessarily by coffee, but you know, mm-hmm. yes, coffee certainly helps. But keeping creativity fueled is something that we all actively have to work on because it's demanded from us. Uh, from our clients and, and those who expect that type of work from us. And our clients are all different and they all need different types of creativity and they want different ideas and they want things to look obviously more in tune with their brand. Um, that creativity fuel is so important. What do you guys do 
um, for our listeners, I think, you know, what tips can you give them to stay creative? I think, Janae, I mean, those are great ones. Well, every now and then I would um, sit backyard in the garden, just sit in silence. Um, outside of doing work for Francis Roy, I do a, a lot of work in my novels, a lot of novel writing, mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, schedule work, uh, like you said, one client can have like 20 projects within a week, and which can burn creativity pretty quickly. And you know you're burned out when you get when you get home and you just collapse. You can't think of any new ideas. Mm-hmm. You can't be as creative. So breaking away from that for a while, I think really sitting in silence sometimes, you know, listening to the trees, listening to the birds, as cheesy as that may sound, mm-hmm. gives your mind a rest. Uh, every once in a while, I will actually go take a hike. To refuel that, like take, take a hike, like take a hike, take a hike, take yeah. a hike. Yes, literally, quite literally, yeah. um, and just break contact away from the phone screen, the computer screen, whatever it is that stimulates your eyes, and you just need to get out and smell mm-hmm. fresh air. And at least that's how I do it. It's just your uh, your brain and your mind's a muscle. It it needs it needs to rest sometimes though. Like you need to stretch it out, and when you can burn out your mind pretty much, and in turn burns out your creativity mm, that's good i i like unpacking like how we each have different ways mm. like to decompress like our mind and how it works because for me i'm actually really bad at the practice of being by myself in silence i need human connection and a lot of my creativity to me is talking with other people um kind of dives into what how we believe thought diversity like that's kind of how I love collaboration mm-hmm. and a lot of times that fuels and sparks ideas and creativity for me other people yeah I, I think these are all really good tips I mean I love that we all do this differently but, but I think as humans we really need it this whole like you're able to do more if you actually do less so it's not necessarily always doing more with less it's doing more because you're doing less and really like uh you know, Kelsey, who lives in Japan, she and I were talking the other day about batch scheduling and batching our work so that, you know, and I schedule everything. I, I try to schedule everything. But if I need to really hit the gas, like I know like there's a major demand for my work this week, I will intentionally backpedal. I get into like the Headspace space app, which I love. I love the Calm app. I like have to give myself some like breathing and some, you know, not necessarily meditation because I'm real bad at meditation. Yeah, I'm not a meditation. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just meditating. I'm like, am I doing this right? I don't know. My brain's going too much. Yeah. I can't get my brain to stop. So I need hard. to practice it. You know what? I got a really good tip once. My fr- a friend of mine, Chris Hoffmeister, who is a designer, she sometimes freelances for us as well. Mm-hmm. She lives in Colorado. When I lived in Wyoming, she gave me the best meditation tip. And if I can get into the right headspace, I can do it. Mm-hmm. But so she said, if you're meditating, mm-hmm. that every time a thought comes into your mm-hmm. brain, imagine a big door shutting on the thought. Right. So it gives you like a tan, like a visual element. She's like, and really make the door yours. She's like, my door is a red door. It looks like this, blah, 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 blah. So my brain's like creating the door. Right. And every time I'm thinking about something else, I just shut the door on it. I like that. And it, it really. OK, so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> But it works more for me than listening to someone telling me like, okay, so now you need to relax your palate. What does that mean? Right. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I, I will say what's really great in terms of like do more with less. I mean, we always have to be meeting uh, a work demand and you know for business owners or hoping people that are hoping to own businesses that are listening. You you know you start a business and you get into it and your thought process is wow. I'm about to have control over my life for the first time, you know, especially if you're breaking away from like a quote unquote job, right? You're like, I'm about to do my own thing, bring my own thing to the marketplace. And I am going to be able to, you know, have all the control over my schedule that I never had before. And I I will say that some of that is true, but shockingly for me as a business owner, it is the opposite. It is so easy to just do more all the time and never shut it off. And you only have 24 hours in a day. And if you're hoping to do more, um, you know, I think with less burnout, more productivity, less burnout, you know, less kind of minutia, what Darren Rudloff, who was a past guest of ours would say drudgery, you have to stay fueled. Our drug of choice here is coffee. (laughs) But I, I think fueling too with this creativity, component with collaborating with others, you know, making sure that we're connecting to our families. Would you say that you feel like we do this 100% well? I know. I will be. I was going to say, I'm sitting over here kind of a little tense because I need to walk the walk when it comes to burnout because I struggle with it a lot. Mm -hmm. Just I I just constantly want to go and do. It's hard. Guilty as well over here. It's hard to just make yourself sit down and recharge and do what you need to do yeah rather than just because uh, most of the time you just tell yourself you just need to get back into it suck it up well and so there this was a kind of a discussion that we had with Darren in a previous like this the passion work you know it is the curse of doing the work that you love mm-hmm. is that you're called to do it you feel excited to do it every day but you know being mindful of that and pulling back you know, there, there are a couple of um, other examples, I think, that I that are really interesting to shift gears here a little bit. But, you know, there is a big, uh, I would say, revolution right now going on towards minimalism. And in terms of our agency brand and presentation, we're very minimal here. I mean, we see this, um, you know, kind of manifest itself in different ways. Like, you know, lots of CEOs talk about capsule wardrobing, minimal clothing, minimal kind of like clutter, you know, all those things. What, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I I think that's so interesting to me. What things do you guys do at home really to kind of keep it simple? I mean, we're pretty simple here from a minimalistic perspective. Yeah, we don't have a lot of extra stuff in the office to mess with or anything. We just have what we need, which is great. (laughs) It is great. I always say that our office is pretty humble. Right. I mean, we don't have any fancy portraits or artwork hung up on the walls. Uh, We don't have too many chairs. uh, (laughs) If you come to Francis Roy, there's no place for you to sit. No. (laughs) No, there is. It's just... Bring your own chair. On average, average, there is only about four of us here in in the office at any given time. And out of four of us, we only have one chair each, plus a couple for whenever clients come in. Chantel's not even using a chair right now. I'm not. I'm I'm on Uh, my exercise ball. (laughs) And we just have one sofa and a cornhole coffee table. 
but we are very minimal here, even mm-hmm. in terms of you know snacks or like the kitchen, everything else like that. Um, yeah, it was just, we don't need that much to do our job. Well, I think that for, for me, that's deliberate. Like, I am very, very cautious of someone that walks in here and is like, wow, what are you guys spending your money on? I'm, I'm just, I think that that everything creates a perception and you have to determine in terms of your brand what that perception is. And our brand here is, hopefully, it is resonating as, you know, um, that we are uh, conscious of the way that we spend our clients' money, that we are mindful of, you know, investing in certainly in what is needed. We're not like, you know, Fred Flintstoning it with like stone and chisel and all of that. Like everyone has what they need, but we're also not grotesquely um, excessive. I hope. <laughs> Sometimes we get stuff we don't need. But we need it for creativity. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so there's that. And, you know, it's it's interesting to me that there are business owners and CEOs. Like, everyone immediately, like, you're consuming, like, all these YouTube videos and all this Instagram content. And it's, like, be exactly like Mark Zuckerberg and only wear this one turtleneck and these pants and every, you know, you don't have room in your life to think about. I think you do have room in your life to think about clothes choice. I mean, yes, that's crazy. I tried to capsule wardrobe once, which is like 33 pieces. That's insane. Yeah, I've heard that you're not supposed to own more than like four pairs of shoes. Well, definitely not me. That's never going to be a thing, so. Fun fact, I learned this while I was doing research for a certain clothing brand that the average closet in America has 100 clothing pieces. Accurate. In each, closet, in each closet. Is that including um, uh, undergarments or no? Yes. That's oh. including undergarments. But uh, men and women, on average, uh, women probably more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I'm yeah. back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Janae's like, mm, debunked. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred clothing pieces is what I'm saying. So that's... I'd probably only wear 10. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking that that I need to cut back on that. Um, That's so interesting. So let's talk about this other thing, outsourcing tasks, this whole do more with less. So we definitely are mindful of the fact our team, you know, our agency is full service. We're doing, everybody has unique talents. We're all bringing this, but there are times when we're outsourcing tasks. And when do we make the decisions to do that? When do you decide that something, there's a task, there's a project you, we want to take it on, whether it's internal or external, but we need external help. I don't know, Hill, you work with a lot of uh, photographers and videographers mm-hmm. is knowing when to outsource our tasks a part of this do more with less. Yes, mm. absolutely. Um, I think we do a good job of we always have our clients' best interests on the forefront. So to me, if in order to produce something specific that a client's asking for, we're not afraid to pull in who's necessary to make that happen. Mm. Um, we're willing to learn as much as we can but there's professionals in certain fields such as photography and videography that sometimes require that extra level of someone that's done it for 10, 20 years. Yeah. So I do think we do a really good job at that. Well, and it's it allows our team to be stronger, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, the very first things that I did when we started Francis Roy is I associate an hourly rate to my personal time. Mm-hmm. And I know what that is. It's not something that I openly share, but I know that 
per hour, per working hour, this is how much my rate is. If I were to pay myself to work, right? So there's that. If I have a project that requires uh, my engagement, and it's a project where the skill set is not within my wheelhouse, then I begin to actively calculate what it would cost for someone else to do that. And if that number is lower than my hourly rate and they're able to crank out a more efficient and better product, I always outsource it because it costs me more money actually for me to eat, to try to learn it, to try to produce it, and to hopefully get somewhere near the quality that this professional would get. Case in point, plumbing, Plumbing is a great example of that. Um, You know, we had to have a plumber here one day and I was like, okay, I could definitely YouTube this, but no. Right. Because it would would take me four times the amount of time to try to figure it out. I would say the exception is is if you want to learn it. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. Because mm-hmm. I do use YouTube to learn a lot of things. <laughs> what is a, as a resource, YouTube is a great resource to allow us to do more with less because yes. YouTube is free. And YouTube has so much everything. Little 13-year-olds telling me how to use a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're right. And they're right. Yeah, they're great about it. Hill and I yesterday were at Niceville High School, and uh, we got to interface with their and speak with their digital design classes. Holy Icaramba, those kids know a lot. They do. And they are masters at do more with less. Like this, like resourceful, like digging around, like they don't even think. What what, what would cause me to stop and say like, okay, who would I need to do this? Blah, blah, blah. How much would it cost? Who would I get? They're like, it's already done. And it's because they're creating YouTube videos for you, Janae. Yes. <laughs> Very true. They're creating. It's already YouTube. done and on YouTube. <laughs> they're all on TikTok, apparently. Oh, TikTok. Okay. No, really. They're all on TikTok. And they're excited about TikTok. Yes. They want to be TikTok famous, is what they said. That's a thing. It yeah. really it really excited us, I think, from, you know, a, a data and just a demographic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, what really engages them. And, and they do a lot. I think the assumption is they're doing nothing because they're looking at their phones, but they're using their phones to do a lot. Right. So interesting. I'm, I'm really leery of, like, uh, per, you know, attaching a stereotype to a demo that's negative. I think millennials, you guys get a bad rap. Yes. Because millennials are, ch- I mean, they're changing the world in a lot of really positive ways. Greg is Gen Z. Again, a very frugal, I would say that your generation more than any that I have experienced so far, because I'm Generation X and no one cares about us ever. We're like the ultimate middle child. And because of that positioning, we can see things that are happening all around us. But Greg, do you think that from just being frugal and having this mentality of do more with less, that you, your generation's more like Francis and Roy's generation? I would say so, actually. Um, so I would probably be what I consider elder Gen Z, born in 1997, like the first year of Gen Z. Or was that 96? Very close. Very close. It's in that weird gray area between uh, the millennial generation and the 2000s Gen Z generation. Um, but what I've noticed from other people my age and Gen Z, people younger than me, is that they tend to be a lot more resourceful and a lot more frugal compared to older generations, I feel like. Uh, Simply because whenever Gen Z started, for those of you who started, some key events happened through that decade, through that time. Uh, We went through a a recession, 
uh, for the housing market crashed. There was a bubble that was popped. 9-11 happened. Uh, Gen Z is a generation that has never known a time without war. Mm. And all this stuff is happening along with the development of the internet. We grew up with the internet where there is no centralized source of information. So we, um, so we have this free resource that has all sorts of varying opinions, varying uh, sources of information where, and while all these events are happening, it forces a mindset where one has to be frugal and one has to do more with less. I feel like. Uh, granted, that doesn't that doesn't mean that we don't want more. I mean, because everybody always wants more. But with the way the economy can be, with all these events happening, you know, it just causes that mindset for us, I feel like. And do you guys feel like, um, and, you know, talking to Janae and Hill, do you guys feel like the... Um, because I certainly feel this way, that the the frugal mindset and the do more with mindset that is just like natural from Gen Z, is it having an impact on our demographics? Like, does it have an impact on like millennials? Yeah. Is it, because I certainly feel like it's shifting the way that that my generation is thinking about this concept of, of doing more with less. Because for for me, we're, we're giving birth to Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which is 10 years old and younger, mm-hmm. and they're being born with this fru- frugal mindset. It's almost like they're teaching us how to be more, how to do more with less. I feel like that impact is happening, but we're probably more directly related because it's more more likely that we are sharing households. Yeah, because for me, a lot of quote unquote, what would be typical, like written out for like a millennial demographic, for mm-hmm. example, I do fit in with, but then I don't. And I mm. think it's so subjective to how I was raised mm. because I am budget conscious and people would say millennials love spending money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have very traditional values. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, I love my cell phone and I love technology. However, I any day of the week, I would rather speak to you on the phone or in person than a text message. Mm-hmm. And to a millennial, that's like, what? Mm-hmm. In, in the grand scheme of the overarching. And so, but that's how I was raised. Mm. So it affects it's that. It's definitely environmental. Mm-hmm. So interesting. What do you think, Janae? Yeah, I would say environment. My dad, so when I grew up... <laughs> And I asked my dad a question. He would say, go look it up in the encyclopedia. Right. Because we didn't have Google back then. Right. So I had to learn to just go out and find the answers. And I'm thankful for him for doing that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't just always give me the answer, even though I knew he had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I've kind of kept that even while the internet changed our lives and everything. And I love Googling things nowadays, but you know, I, I keep in mind that I want to do more. I got to figure it out, I guess, myself. Yeah. That was like YouTube training camp that your household was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because we all use Google and YouTube so much now. You know, I was definitely an encyclopedia kid. I could not wait for the update encyclopedia to come in. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, yes, because your mom has told us this. <laughs> You used to just read encyclopedias. I love it. Yes. I love it. We would get the update encyclopedia, and then it would, like, you would have all the new information that you could, like, tear and slip into all the other, you know, which drove my parents crazy. 
But I mean, now everything's kind of at your, you can naturally do more with less now because more is free. Yes. You know, platforms like Udemy and edX where you can educate yourself for free. I mean, I take Harvard X programs all the time. Sometimes they're like 40 bucks, sometimes or what, you know, whatever. And then I will complete them and add them to, you know, my education on LinkedIn because I'm learning, I'm engaged. Greg and I took a, a Harvard X program together on justice and it was amazing. We read the book. It was a great interface and a great platform. Whereas in the past, you know, we would never have had this access before. Yes. You know, if you wanted to take a class from a Harvard professor, you had to be a Harvard student or whatever, you know. So there's so much available. I feel like this is a conversation we could talk about all the I mean, how we do more with less. It, it's really just top of mind. It's top of mind for us all the time. I remember I had an old friend that contacted me uh, a year after I started my side gig business. And uh, <laughs> he asked me, he's like, how would you start this? How, how did you start your own business? Like, how did you know how to do that? And I was honestly kind of embarrassed. I was like, I, I Googled it, actually. I yeah. Googled, how do you start a business? That's not embarrassing. I think oh, that yeah. makes, I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah. But like, yeah, I would imagine it's something that everybody does. But uh, once they're curious about something like that. But the point being, is just that information is just so free now. Most of it, anyway. Mm-hmm. I think finding resources we're good resources for each other too and then just knowing that sometimes you just need the opinion like very very often i'll go in hillary's office and i'm like or janae's office or whoever's and be like can you help me with this Mm -hmm. you know can you help me find this what do you think about this anna my daughter will often say hey you're kind of doing that the hard way can i help you find it cheaper better in a different location and so just being open to that open to knowing that you never know everything Mm -hmm. and that if you really want to do more with you know maximize your time your efficiency your productivity and maybe really keep an eye on your budget you have to pull in members of your team Mm -hmm. this has been a fun one guys yes yes I like it. I I would love for us to get together as a team or often do like fireside chats. Kelsey and I were talking. Mm-hmm. Kelsey's in Japan. We were talking this morning mm-hmm. and we'd love to pull her in to talk about how our team collaborates with remote workers. Don't you think that would be so fun? Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've got three remote workers. One is a college student, Kayla, at the University of South Florida. And then Jody, who lives in Jacksonville. And then uh, Kelsey, who lives in Okinawa. Let's do that. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We hope that you will subscribe, like, share, comment, you know, provide your insights. And then also email us at hello at francisroy.com.